what about you, kid? You a little bitch? No, I didn't <laughs> think so. Just pull that computer again. What kind of fucking speech is that? He's a pastor, too. Like, <laughs> Jesus. That's a really bad speech for a pastor. <laughs> and we're live. Hello, everybody. And welcome to episode 22 of History's Greatest Idiots, the podcast in which we give you lessons from history when people have screwed up and fucked everything up and hopefully you can learn from their mistakes and never repeat them again but who are we kidding we're humans making mistakes is fun especially when it's cold and wintry you can make them indoors and feel all warm and snuggly joining me as ever is my amazing awesome co-host eric derek how are things with you my man they're good. They're good. Moving into the, the cool season and the chill yeah. out time and the family times. It's good times. It is. <laughs> we are we are knee deep in the fucking middle of the bleak midwinter over here. Like we are getting hit by storms and snow and freezing, literally freezing dog shit everywhere, which is great because it makes it easier to pick up and less gross. But yeah, uh, a little bit. I can see a little bit. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's not it's not warm in my hand, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh yeah. And I was just telling you before the broadcast, um my uh <laughs> my uh dog met her first uh snowman today and just freaked the fuck out. Sparked <laughs> at it like a lunatic. And we were like, no 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 come and meet it. It's fine. It's not a real living thing. Um, I should say before we start, JJ, hello, welcome to the stream. You're in Championship Manager with Grimsby, bloody hell. He's, uh, this is a, a, a someone who follows me on Twitch, JJ, streams Football Manager. He's taken a, his favorite team up a few levels. So well done. You're definitely a better manager than Joey Barton, who we covered last <laughs> week. And that was, he was not good at management or is not good at management. But who knows? There's still time, right, Joey? Um, so, yeah been a couple of weeks since we did this um you've kind of teased um who you've got like it wasn't um whenever me and derek talk about these things in advance we tend to kind of give each other a hint of what we're going to do so that we don't cover the same person it's not happened yet but right. um i'm always concerned that that might be a possibility but this week you told me that you were going to cover uh, a cult leader now i don't yes. know if that's changed but yep. I would love to know, Derek, um, tell me who this week's cult leading idiot is, please. Okay, so <clears throat> by now, most of the people should know that I tend to take an interest in cults and cult-like things and yeah. why they started and where they come from and what the hell happened to the person that became their leader and, and why. Mm. And the gentleman I have for you today is a little bit different than some of the other cult leaders that I've covered in okay. that he is still alive Ooh. and operating out there in the world today. Wow. And he's he's a legacy cult leader. Oh, that okay, means, so more than one. Yeah, his son, or his son, his dad, was the original cult leader who Ooh. created this cult leader. Ooh, so, that's very interesting. I want to know more now. Okay. <laughs> uh I do tend to make light of most situations, and this guy's not going to be any different, but I'd, I'd also like to mention that cults and this type of behavior that this cult in particular engages in can be super dangerous and get out of hand totally uh, just real quick. Like, Yeah. Um, Things escalate it, quickly in cults, don't they? It, Always. Well, it almost happened for some of the members of 
this organization earlier this year, it started Ooh. sliding down a path. And wow. the man that I present for you today is American pastor or reverend, arguably a cult leader, uh, Juan Jin Sean Moon. Uh, oh, oh, fun. Yes, please. I think I recognize the name. Don't know a huge amount, but please tell me more. Uh, he was born September 26th, 1979 in Terrytown, New York. He's Terrytown. The... <laughs> that's, that's a cute name. Well, it reminds me of that bank robber, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he has a town um, named after him now. See, that's how good he was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's the youngest son of Reverend Sun Myung Moon. The dude's name is literally Sun Moon, which is awesome as hell if you ask me. But That really his... is awesome. His father was the founder of the Unification Movement, and the Unification Movement was part of the Federal, or excuse me, the Family Federation of World Peace and Unification, widely known as the Unification Church. Okay. It was a religious movement whose members were called Unificationists and mm -hmm. sometimes referred to colloquially as Moonies, which is <laughs> cool Sorry. as hell. <laughs> it is. That's the uh, start of a uh, a Radiohead song. Moonies are up on the mountain. <laughs> like, oh, wow. I wonder if they're referring to them. Okay, cool. I Carry on. Tell me more of the moonies. Um, in May of 1954, the original church was founded in Seoul, South Korea by Sun Myung Moon, which sounds like a joke. Um, he was a Korean Messiah claimant, also known for getting involved with business ventures and social and political causes. Yeah. The, also quite typical of people who are cult leaders. They tend to have like side hustles. Yeah. And, and in this side hustle, it was known for their unique blessings and mass wedding ceremonies, as well mm. as their odd funeral ceremonies. Okay. So, so they, they're Vegas basically it's, a little bit. Kind of, yeah. Well, except bit. for uh, not quick drive through weddings, but like everybody all at once. Right, okay. Which would make it confusing, because who are you actually marrying at that point if there's like 30 other people yeah. standing next to you? You or you? I don't know which side I'm marrying. Uh, How's that work you? on the taxes? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the Unification Church uh, attracted numer numerous controversies uh, during its initial spread and was criticized of being a cult because the leader's Sun Moon did claim at the age of 15 he was anointed by Jesus to be the parent of of all humanity okay so Can you explain much about how the anointation anoint what anointing happened i don't know i think it went something like so there was this toad i licked it then i met jesus <laughs> yeah. we're kind of going down the uh who is the founder of the mormon church oh um, john smith yeah john smith it's very much like uh i found some tablets uh <laughs> yeah i've got everyone has to marry me now no dancing <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm out here in Mormon country in Arizona. They're Ooh, pretty right. popular in my neck of the woods. Ah. God, they're, they're uh, lovely people. Actually, I've met a few Mormons. They're actually really nice. So yeah, yeah. I mean, people are people until exactly. you wander yeah. into certain topics, and then it can uh, get weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just avoid those dark dark corners of conversation. I think really. But yeah, sorry. Uh, speaking movies. speaking of dark corners, that whole <laughs> claiming to be the Messiah and anointed by Jesus, those kind yeah. of ideas can lead to a, a dangerous path oh yeah they can and it was the belief that he was chosen um 
where it kind of takes a turn for our guy Sean Moon because nice. he took his father's beliefs and practices and religious studies super serious and after high school he earned a bachelor's of liberal arts and a master's of theology from mm. harvard extension university so he became Sorry, harvard extension university yeah i don't know it sounds like it's an online school <laughs> it does doesn't it that does not sound <laughs> real at all uh, so wow. at the the during his studies and at the harvard center of studies of world religion yeah. <laughs> he met with uh the Joe Joji Order of the Korean Buddhism. Oh, okay. Um, Bub Yang and actually wandered into Buddhism for a little while, which damn it, too bad it didn't stick because then he would have yeah. been a peaceful pacifist and that would have been pretty cool. Yeah, but, but if only more people were Buddhists, I think the world would be a much calmer place. But yeah, that's um that is a shame. He he really missed the boat on that one. Yeah, he wandered off to live at the Roman Catholic monastery and spent some time yeah. there. Cool. Okay. And with all that resume, you might actually feel like he'd be a pretty good, well-rounded leader. Sounds like but... he's got life experience. He's seen multiple different religions at this point. This is kind of pointing in a, a good direction. As long as he's hung, hung out, hung out with the right people, then well, you know, yeah, should be okay. Ex except for his dad claiming to be a messiah uh, yeah, comes into that. play when, in April of two thousand eight, Sun Young Moon appointed. Uh, Hyung Jin, Sean okay. Moon. I'm just going to call him Sean Moon from from now on because okay, it's just yeah. easier. Um, he, the, he was appointed the international president of the Family Federation for World Peace and Unification, which is a giant name for their church. That is big, yeah. And um, that kind of led him to believe that that made him the heir or successor to the Messiah. Right. So, yeah, that makes sense now. I can see where the logic's gone with that. Yeah, that's that's totally fine. So when Sean was cor cor uh, had a coronation uh, from his father in 2009 that made him his successor, it coronated. Re it really took hold, I guess. Wow. Yeah. I don't know why I couldn't say that word, but um, <laughs> <laughs> under Sean Moon's leadership, the Family Federation of World Peace was changed to the Unification Church, and he inter okay. started introducing some new practices like spiritual energy hand movements, which was probably one of the least batshit ideas and practices <laughs> that he'd bring to the church. So as a spiritual hand movements, I think like Tai Chi sort of stuff. Uh, okay. Yeah. That, that, that kind of makes sense because you know, that that's very good way of lowering people's blood pressure. It calms people down and yeah, that's cool. I'm yeah. on board with that idea. Sure. When Sun Moon passed in 2012, Sean believed that that made him the rightful anointed chosen one. But cool. that's when him and his mom started having a difference of opinions and they started to become expressed openly. And then right. his mom removed him from various positions within the church, sent oh, him dear. to his room. And in 2013, <laughs> he was ousted as the international president of the Family Federation of World Peace, oh, which I'm going to stop saying now. So... <laughs> That church actually considers Sean Moon's church a breakaway organization. And right, so warring cults. That's interesting. And most of the changes they threw out that he had that he had brought, they threw out, and he and the members of his church mm. criticized publicly criticized his mother for changing the theological foundations of the church just right. to elevate her own status, as you do when you're bickering and warring back and forth. You swing yeah. a little mud. Yeah. Um, 
That's when Sean and his wife separated completely from the movement, formed an offshoot sect named the World Peace and Unification Sanctuary Church. Oh, totally so- different. Okay, yes, because there's <laughs> sanctuary involved. Okay, that's 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 much better. And in 2015, that's the church finally opened its doors. At that same time, mm-hmm. Sean Moon began to renounce his mother as the quote whore of Babylon. Oh, yeah, geez, that's what dude. one does when they're a messiah mad at their mother, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, it's not very messianic of you to call the person who gave birth to you a whore, really. Is it kind of there's a couple of red flags there? You might not be, you know, divine at that point, right? A little bit, a <laughs> little bit of a dick. Yeah. Um, so he also started saying that she was not the true mother and started teaching that his father's first disciple. Um, Hyun Shil Kang was now the true mother instead, and his that's the one his father's spirit had married originally. So that, that's a little, I mean, that's a little weird. I'm sensing that he's not saying she's not my real mother, this person's my real mother, because they could be like, uh, dude, oh, yeah, were there, saw the birth. No, he's actually saying that, is he? No, 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 no. It's okay. it's his his father was supposed to be the father of all humanity, that making his oh. wife the true mother, the I female totally leader of the, the church. You know, humanity's only been around since the early forties. That, that that makes total sense. <laughs> yeah, right after that Korean War. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so at that same time, Sean and his wife started to assume the titles of second king and second queen, respectively, yeah. because. Why the fuck not, I suppose? If, oh, if, if you're going to go there, why not go emperor? You know, yeah, I mean, geez, well, if, you, if yeah. you're appointed by God, you can call yourself king if you want, but emperor sounds much more impressive. Damn right. You need to go yeah. big or go home. Jeez, yeah, dude. Get your shit together. <laughs> it, it gets kind of weird here, though, because... Okay. Here? I, yeah, well, it's going to continue to get weirder. <laughs> <laughs> That's, there's a better way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. um, Sean Moon is also backed by his older brother, Oh. Kook, Kook Jin Justin Moon, uh, okay. who effectively serves as the assistant pastor at the church, but oh, he man. also owns Car Firearms in Pennsylvania, which is a small arms manufacturer. Okay. And now I can't help but making the joke that Sean's brother is legit a religious gun kook. Yeah. <laughs> his, his name is his, his name is Cook. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. That works really nicely. Irony has a certain eloquence to it, doesn't it? That's amazing. Sometimes when I'm writing stuff, I'm like, "This has got to be." I'm writing a satire piece. This can't be. <laughs> this cannot be real. History <laughs> likes to fuck with us that way, doesn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. Oh, that's dark. So his brother, who is his right hand man, has access to a lot of guns. Yeah, this he's is a, a worrying s- transition here. He's got a side hustle of manufacturing firearms. Mm. And uh, in 2018, Sean started wearing a crown of bullets, a golden crown of bullets on his head. As um, you do. And started to express more militant and pro-gun rights ideologies. Okay. Uh, The Sanctuary Church began to go by the name uh, Rod of Iron Ministries and started performing religious rituals that heavily involved the AR-15 semi-automatic rifle. What? Uh, I mean, the first part of that sounded like a Rod Stewart album, but then it's like, you conduct ministries with guns? Yes, this sir. Is, this is exactly that. what they do. Even, like... <laughs> so, where are they based at this point? Are they in Korea or America? They're in Pennsylvania. Point? They've been Pennsylvania. in the United States. His father, right. he came over here, and he was actually born in New York. In okay, right. Yeah. 
Sure. And Pennsylvania. Okay. They made it real far. They all the way down to Pennsylvania. And he's starting, or he's got the Rod of Iron Ministries, where uh, they had a ritual that took place in February of 2018, where hundreds of crown-wearing worshippers clutching AR-15 rifles drank holy wine and exchanged or renewed wedding vows in a commitment ceremony, uh, which prompted a nearby school to uh, cancel classes. Because they were so worried about the potential shooting Right. And it should be mentioned that the ceremony was conducted on February 28th of 2018, which was just days after the deadly mass shooting on February 14th at Parkland High School in Florida, Mm -hmm. where 17 people were killed and 17 were wounded. So schools in the area got a little nervous that there were hundreds of crown wearing people carrying rifles. (laughs) Marrying each other again. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Again or for the first time. (laughs) I think we can avoid uh, trigonometry today uh well everybody stay home a lot of people with guns and grounds around and they're all getting (laughs) married and this can't be good so that ceremony was organized and promoted by uh promoted by sean moon and it was literally brides clad in white grooms in dark suits they're all wearing clowns uh carrying around unloaded ar-15s to the world peace and unification sanctuary church for a religious event that's okay. what was happening i was really hoping they'd be called the unity church and then i could make another um rick james joke but yeah, <laughs> missed opportunity there wow so yeah. that's the thing that happened and it went off peacefully right it did yes yep it Holy did shit, go off peacefully there was no real issues there um He's he's trying, and the reason he's incorporating the AR-15 AR is because he says that it symbolizes the rod of iron that's mentioned in the biblical book of Revelation. All right, yeah. Instead of, you know, a rod that's made of iron. Right, um, it's sort of a rod <laughs> made of iron, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, an, it's made of metals that may have elements of iron in them, but, you know, <laughs> if you want a rod of iron, just get a bunch of iron and make a fucking rod you know um but yeah, yeah I, I get it he's he's using symbolism and this is what every good religious leader does they use metaphors that have been placed thousands of years before to kind of justify what's about to happen or going on so i kind of right. get that at this point other than calling his his mum a whore and having a freaky wedding ceremony he's not actually been too bad but, no not at all not at the moment no weird but um, I guess, yeah. I mean, it's odd to to involve guns and in religion. I think that that's yeah. it can get dangerous sometimes. But I'll continue on saying that the other leaders in the church said that the ceremonies were meant to be a blessing of the couples and not the inanimate objects. They were just a religious accoutrement. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And, okay. And I am a supporter of the Second Amendment and a firearms <laughs> owner and enthusiast. I've got multiple firearms and okay. I've trained with them, and it's they're. As dangerous as you make them. Uh, exactly. It's about responsibility at the end right. of the day, isn't it, ultimately? And, like, if it, <laughs> I guess responsible gun ownership is a, a whole other discussion in itself, but I feel that wedding ceremonies with multiple people who are wearing bullet crowns and carrying guns, like that is just that feels like a recipe for disaster. And it's it, kind of amazing that it didn't turn into something big, really. It, it does seem like a recipe for disaster because I think when you start mixing ideas 
and mm. beliefs in with weapons. And like I've said before, yeah. the beliefs can be dangerous because people kill and die yeah. for beliefs. So yeah. when you start arming people ready to kill and die over stuff, it, yeah, it's not safe. So when you started like, it's it's just a, a recipe for deadly outcomes. Yeah. But at the, at the core of the sanctuary's church is the the belief in the establishment of Chin Il Guk or a sovereign kingdom of heaven on earth, which is okay. where the assault rifles come in. The church <laughs> called on his followers to purchase weapons, saying that the reason is to quote to fulfill the ideal kingship and the nation. We need people, land. And sovereignty. Sovereignty means that we'll be able to defend ourselves against satanic world when we are threatened. Right. We should be able to defend ourselves not only in the abstract, but in the substantial way as any would do in a sovereign nation. Okay. This is like, <laughs> I, <laughs> there's your kind of slightly insane uh, manifesto right there. Uh, that's, that's, yeah, that's a thing. But it sounds like this is a warning shot of sorts, to be honest. A little, like. a little bit. And, and then yeah. things began to escalate slightly in October of 2019 when Sean started to urge members of the World Peace and Unification Sanctuary to, sh quote, show their willingness to defend their families, communities, and nation by bringing their semi-auto rifles to services where the weapons are to be blessed. Uh, this is getting yeah, this is getting really weird now. Uh... And then they created what they like to call a quote peace police peace militia, where Sean Moon trains his followers in martial arts, hand to hand okay. knife combat, and the effective use of firearms. So you can't yeah. see how anything's gonna go wrong here. Like nothing like this <laughs> has ever turned into something horrible before. No, and also like. They talk about threats. I mean, have there been any substantial threats against them at this point? Like, we would, you would have probably, like, in your research, you would have uncovered the FBI have taken a lot of attention. They started sending cars around. They started kind of prodding here and there. Maybe the CIA are involved. Like, we would know in our research if there were threats. It sounds like this guy is incorporating elements of paranoia into yeah. his followers. Not yes, really yeah, he's, he's pushing a little bit of the boogeyman. Mm. And then he's training them to fight. <laughs> so, yeah, um, good. He, he started to become involved in politics, kind of like his dad, and aligned with the far right. Sure. And one of the former members of the organizations uh, or the, the sanctuary church said, quote, if Trump needed brown shirts to kill the opposition at the level I wasn't indoctrinated when I was with the Moonies, I would have done anything I was ordered to do, including dying or killing the opposition. Fuck me. Right? So, <laughs> um, in fact, the Sanctuary Church held a President Trump thank you dinner that featured Larry Pratt, the executive director of Gun Owners of America, Mm. And a website for the event declared the President Trump has stepped into his calling as God's representative, which mm. to me is scary as fuck to say anybody is yeah. running something as God's representative. But um, Sean Moon also has this regular YouTube program called The King's Report, where okay. he shows up wearing his golden crown of bullets 
<laughs> in a camouflage suit with a golden tactical weapon mounted Oof. on his desk. Um, right. So there's a lot of bling. In, a lot in of these bling. Terms. <laughs> yeah. Like kind of a rap, rapper kind or of. Or an evangelical preacher. They're, they got a lot yeah. of bling. Or an evangelical preacher. Very similar um, connections there between those two. Um, He's mixing the cartel with the. The, yeah. <laughs> the revival a scarface in there there's a bit of yeah it's kind of uh it's a very modern cult image that he's developing from various sources of popular culture but yeah wow yeah um, well so on that check out YouTube... his live streams <laughs> <laughs> on that youtube program he stated uh when he was talking about public school children uh quote they are not only going to learn the actual required course load but sure. they're getting indoctrinated into homosexual political agenda. They're getting uh, indoctrinated into the transgender agenda, saying that their emotions, uh, that they can choose how they feel based on how they feel their gender, which is totally against the Bible, end quote. I'd like to know which part of the Bible says that you shouldn't control your emotions based on how you feel in your gender or sexuality. I'm pretty sure the Bible does not cover gender politics. I don't Nuts. think it does. I'm I'm fairly does. certain I don't remember that chapter. Even the kind of crazy <laughs> Old Testament part. Like I've got a theological uh, scholar for a, for a wife, and she's never told me about that bit. And she's in, heavily involved in church and stuff like that. So, yeah, I uh, I think that's kind of I don't like gay people. Therefore, the Bible says so. Yeah, I think he's just making shit up there for yeah, the sake of being pissed off about something. So. <laughs> To break it down a little bit, he thinks he's a messiah that worships guns and violence and harbors yeah. hate for a group of people, which sounds like a really familiar, repeating, scary story from history. Yeah, it really and does. It, I don't know. It's in, in that live streamed address to his believers, he also said, uh, excuse me, that his followers must prepare to take up arms and die for President Donald Trump against a future persecution of thought crimes by a globalist cabal. Uh, well, also saying, do you understand what kind of unbelievable totalitarianism you will live under if you don't stand up against this crap? And yes, you will have you may have to die for it. It's uh, almost like he was ignoring what was going on with Trump anyway. By saying, if you don't support Trump, you will live under totalitarianism. It's like, well, if you do, you probably will anyway. Um, yeah, so, holy shit. Yeah. Um, he's, <laughs> I feel like, uh, is it, sorry, do you have more to tell us? Is that like... I do, yeah. I do have some more, because in that same broadcast, he says, yes. um, even if the Democrats win the election of hmm. Joe Biden, it is your, referring to his followers, duty to stand up to them for President Trump to have a second term. He didn't elaborate on what that would look like or what he meant, but after that, um, less than 24 hours, he had a 1,000 views, 95 thumb-ups, and one thumb down on his YouTube. Just one. Okay. Yeah. And during the run-up to the 2020 election, Moon gathered followers from around the world to help campaign for Trump in order to fight a satanic encroachment upon the world by communist China. Communist uh, China. That's. Mm, I don't okay. know what Satan has to do with communist China, but apparently they're related. <laughs> apparently, and, uh, they are. Um, apparently sa Satanism and communism go hand in hand, despite the fact communism outright rejects any form of religion, good or yep. bad. Um, <laughs> so um, at this time, 
a lot of his followers started to take multi-week unpaid vacations from work or uh -oh. even quit their jobs to join Sean Moon's political movement across Pennsylvania and D.C. And okay. members were optimistic about the ability of the president to fight back against the globalists and the Satanist cabal from the Oval Office due to his status as an outsider. And an outsider. I fucking love that line. Donald Trump's an outsider. Compared to who? Who the fuck is he an outsider for? Honest to God. I, I'm drawing a blank. Somebody locked in something. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> Donald Trump. Talk about politics you know and politicians controlling the world. Fuck that. Rich businessmen control the world. <laughs> Donald Trump is a rich businessman. How is he a fucking outsider? He's the inside for sure. He's yeah. the, the money part of the inside problem. He's been running president for 20 fucking years. He's the inside. Of course he is. Fucking hell. Yep. So any positivity from this movement in the, the political area was replaced by super loud outrage um, yep. in Moon's broadcasts after this point. He starts pounding on the table and insisting that his members need to be prepared for violent clashes with government <sighs> henchmen. Uh, then on November 12th, he streams um, and answers some questions or excuse me, and questions his viewers, uh, uh, quote, what kind of young person will you be? Are you going to be the kind of little bitch that says, oh, I'm under threat to die. Oh, crap. But I really like life and I really like video games. And if I just go along with this, maybe I can play for a couple of more years and maybe be able to enjoy my life a bit. And what about my wife and young baby? Uh, end quote. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, kid? You a little bitch? No, I didn't <laughs> think so. Pull that computer again. What kind of fucking speech is that? Uh, he's a pastor too. Like <laughs> Jesus, That's a really bad speech for a pastor. Like, <laughs> I mean, so, pastors. You can tell. You can say what you want about evangelical pastors and preachers, and you know, people like small group of them giving everyone a bad name. But at least they're all good at speeches. But that's fucking terrible. I don't think a lot of them ever called anybody a little bitch to their face no. either. In the middle of a, a, a preach. Hey, you down there in the front row, you a little bitch? No, because you're in church. <laughs> what the fuck? So you you can see how maybe some of this rhetoric might be dangerous and he might be fuck yes. building up a fervor or mania, you know? Yeah. Spreading fear and hate. Encouraging and... people to arm themselves and wait, which yeah, sounding very familiar. And members of the Sanctuary Church in uh, January actually marched in paramilitary formation in D.C., outfitted with tactical vests, helmets, protective glasses, all the good stuff. Um, they networked with a lot of other groups. And in a video shared on Instagram from the January 6th, we'll call it incident, Sean mm. Moon was there showing him and at least a dozen members of the Rod of Iron Ministries reacting to the chemical spray from the law enforcement officers outside the plaza. And then later in another video, uh, Moon led members onto the scaffolding of the west side of the building. And one of the Rod of Iron Ministry associates, Robert Pickrell, was pushed against a line of Capitol Police officers in riot gear outside the Columbus door. And mm. then they started pelting the officers with projectiles and bashing out windows with flagpoles. And in that video, you can hear Pickle say, uh, or you can see him charging the police line, and the doors come open, and another person yells, they're in. So, 
Oh. They so were there led for... an insurrection. Yes. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Fuck. And he actually kind of networked with Frank Scavo, who oh. was actually charged in yeah. the uh, violent entry and disorderly conduct at the Capitol, That's or right. as some might call an insurrection or uh, attempted coup. Yeah, but, at the very least, it was um, a riot. Yeah, <laughs> you know the church. The church maintains that none of their members actually entered the building on the day of the riot, but the church doesn't shy away from its support of the insurrection attempt. And Sean Moon has actually said he believes the Capitol riot will one day hold the same reverence in American history as the Boston Tea Party of 1773. Yes. Uh, Boston no. Tea Party is a very complex thing. To like, I understand like as a, a moment in time and a statement, it's hugely important. But there's a lot of stuff around that, like the guys dressed as Native Americans and the ship they were on and who was involved in it and the kind of the money floating. I was like, hmm, it's not as clear cut as you think it is, actually. But I also comparing it to that, you're giving yourself an awful lot of credit. Yeah. Um, mm, yeah. Don't think that's how it's going to be viewed. I think it's going to be viewed like uh, Andrew Jackson's inauguration. The fucking drunken <laughs> riots outside and inside the White House for like a week. Yeah, after he well, was inaugurated. Yeah, that's um, that's kind of fucked up. So none have have they been charged? Uh, none of the members of the church. Uh, Frank Schavo was charged with some felonies. The sure. internet shaman guy. Uh, yeah, guy. He got forty-one months. Uh, that's a hell of a long time, actually. But you could you could say that it went down a dangerous path, but it was like. Um, I feel like they've dodged a bullet. Well, it's been reported that Moon and the Sanctuary Church bought a compound uh, in 2001 that's about 40 miles from Waco, Texas. Uh, oh. Re real near the site of the Waco siege, Shit, yeah. which isn't fucking scary at all. Um, <laughs> the no history repeating itself literally in that circumstance, is there? My God. The compound's meant to be a place of res refuge for members of the Sanctuary Church ahead of a war and genocide that's supposedly being brought against them by the deep state. Okay. Uh, I, I don't think it's a genocide if it's like a few of you, your mates in a compound. I think it's like a mass murder, but also like, what? why? Why would this happen? What threat? If the deep state exists, what threat are you? You're just a bunch well, of crazy people in a barn outside of Texas. The deep state and satanic cabals are concerned that they're expanding God's kingdom to the west and southern regions. And um, mm. yeah, I don't know. They yeah, hope that there was no going to be down in Texas. Is there? That's, that's... <laughs> no, nowhere <laughs> to be found. No, no, no. It's not like there are hundreds of church churches every square mile. Uh, I think that's Jesus. the place you're driving down the highway, and there's like this three mile high cross in the middle of the plains but yeah exactly so Godless um, country. sean moon is quoted also uh when talking about this compound saying that it's a dangerous time and this is a place of refuge and retreat if our community needs it of course in a worst case scenario of course cool I mean, when he says retreat i think of like facials you know a massage maybe a sauna and jacuzzi there on site you know that's, that's what i think of when i hear retreat right I don't think of like nailing myself inside with a fucking AR-15 waiting at the ready. 
which isn't happening yet, but mm-hmm. upon moving to the compound, they continued to get, become highly militant. And it then was reported later that uh, they bought a 130-acre property in Granger County, Tennessee, to serve as a retreat center, which could be considered a, a military tactical move in strategy. Mm-hmm. Or maybe yeah. it could just be a retreat where they go get facials and reconnect with nature. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with out- outdoor activities. They chisel things out of wood and stuff. It's just... <laughs> yeah. Um, um, it's sad things. because it, the church hasn't done anything or made any overt threats. No. The ideology under Sean Moon has become super militant mm. and a little bit dangerous. And he was involved with the damn insurrection yeah. and they're out there running around operating, networking and training right now as, as we speak, not that I'm trying to share a boogeyman <laughs> scenario. No, but, but I hope somebody's keeping an eye on them. Yeah. I, I think they probably are. Um, not that I know the inner workings of the deep state, despite my <laughs> various dodgy handshakes and connections. But um, yeah, I would, I'd be pretty certain that a high-level preacher who has access to weapons and who talked about impending genocide and war and fighting the deep state would probably be on a couple of radars. Uh, just a just a thought, really. Um, yeah. yeah, this this is interesting, and this is the first. I mean, we've had people in the past who are still alive and still like kind of mid-career they're not like retired or you know excused from public life or whatever it is like um captain chitino or uh, <laughs> or um malachi love robinson the fake teenage doctor guy um i feel like and, and like uh, to be honest a lot of them are probably done like i doubt malachi love robinson's going to be stupid enough to do something high profile again and i doubt captain chitino is going to be allowed anywhere near anything small bigger than a dinky <laughs> For the rest of his life. But this guy, I feel like what you've given us, Derek, and it was very, very interesting, is part one of a potential two-part story. Oh, God, I hope it's just a calm, yeah, just peaceful ending where he says, you know what? Got a little out of hand. We've all been a little crazy. During yeah. the, it's been a kooky Maybe time here. A little too much there. Maybe we take away some of the guns, you know? Yeah. Maybe we start doing a pottery class instead. Maybe we, we, well, you know what? We'll all line up and we'll feed the homeless on a Sunday instead of doing hand to hand combat training. Yeah. Maybe I stop buying (laughs) massive acre compounds and, you know, just actually try and make a difference in the local communities that we belong in. It's like you always hope in these situations, (laughs) these rapidly escalating, insane situations, that someone will see sense. But inevitably, if a core, if if someone in the core group of influence doesn't, then everyone's fucked, basically. Yep. And it sounds like Sean Moon. It's it, it got for a while. A lot of that was like, okay, this is, this is weird. This is kind of weird. But I've heard worse. I've heard worse. I've heard worse. Boom! Just fucking right <laughs> off the charts. Like involved in the insurrection and somehow avoided like prosecution. There's no way you should have avoided prosecution for that shit. They didn't it go was... inside. Oh, well, it's like yeah, <laughs> I didn't you were inhale. at the scene of a murder along with a bunch of people who were involved in it. Ah, yes, but I didn't kick the fatal kick. You know, it's like I, I, I got my lips outside. in. 
but I wasn't. <laughs> yes, I was. I was cheering everyone on, and I was clapping and handing them weapons. But I sure as fuck wasn't actually firing anything. <laughs> um, yeah. Wow. Um, that's interesting that he is a, actually a splinter of a different cult, which in itself is weird. You yeah, th- that one kind of got back to more churchy stuff, I think, after yeah. his, his like father it. passed. And yeah, it just sounds him. like a bit of a normal, like an offshoot of Christianity. And you get a lot of those, you know, and they're still developing. There are, st- there are <clears throat> multiple churches that are, are still setting up out, uh, alongside Christian Christian lines to this day. And there was a church that um, <clears throat> we were, um, my wife was friends with a bunch of people who were in a church that was set up by the parents of uh, the guy from Mumford and Sons, like no the, the vineyard church. It's called the Vineyard Church, and and it was like there was, my wife was she, my wife's Catholic. She wasn't totally into it, but they were good people, and it was a very new church. So it's like, I, and I was sitting here going, first of all, Mumford and Sons, okay, uh, <laughs> and second of all, I didn't know that new churches and new branches of Christianity were popping up, but of course they are. You know, all over the place. So that makes yeah. sense. And and yeah. hopefully the original version of this cult, and it is a cult, have gone back to being a branch of Christianity. But um, that's where they're going. I worry that we are going to read in the news within 2022 some sort of storming or arrest or incident that is going to involve these people, and it probably isn't going to end well. So... I'm concerned, though, with their their support of Trump and his return in Mm -hmm. 2024, that they might lay low and actually train real hard. And then it could just Mm -hmm. get weird if they connect with some of the other groups that we have running around. Yeah, I'm really hoping that the Trump thing peters out because (laughs) I, I know I know the man is determined to fucking destroy politics, but I'm just just. I'm so confused as to why we keep trying to put people into the White House that normally their children would be putting into the old home. (laughs) Exactly. Come on. Stop giving idiots power. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I think because we're not at the end of this story, and I think this could escalate badly, I am going to give Sean Moon an 83 because he, I kind of feel like he was, because he was born into this dynasty of cult so yeah. he, he was part of a family line of i am jesus therefore my son is now jesus um it's like he was kind of fucked from the start um and i feel that there is more to come from this guy if he peters out then that's fine you know this this kind of his involvement in the insurrection will probably be hopefully the last major stupid thing he ever really does but I feel there's more to come from this guy. So for now, we will give him an 83 and there will be a little asterisk next to that, which will be <laughs> score final score pending on this yeah. dude. Um, Tell you because... what, if there is a part two, I'm playing that you ain't seen nothing yet song. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, if, if there's a part two and people start dying, he's getting into the 90s for sure because that's what he's threatening and... If he's an insecure man, you don't make threats without following through with them. So, right, you know, you know yeah. oh, that's that's pretty mad. I mean, I feel somewhat bad in that um, we we talk about idiots and and the type of idiots people are, whether they're like they're crazy or they're arrogant or they're maybe evil or just plain stupid or, or they've made terrible mistakes and they just can't learn from it. That Sean Moon seems kind of like 
on the crazier end of the spectrum. The guy I have for you today, and it is a guy, okay. is kind of a combination of a few of them. Um, he is definitely an idiot, uh, like a traditional what you would consider an idiot. But he's also <laughs> an idiot in terms of failure, despite being given the world on a silver platter. Quite literally, oh. this guy. Yeah. So I would like to introduce you to the life and times of Mark Thatcher. And I've called this this episode, uh, or my portion of the episode, Mark Thatcher, when nepotism isn't enough. Um, <laughs> well, that's <clears> bad. <throat> yeah. So, Sir Mark Thatcher, second baronet, and his twin sister Carol, who will also come into play later on, were born okay. six weeks prematurely by Caesarean section on the 15th of August 1953 at Queen Charlotte's and Chelsea Hospital in Hammersmith, London, the same year that their mother qualified as a barrister. So Margaret became a barrister. What's a and, barrister? Yeah, a, a oh, sorry. Uh, a barrister is... How do I put this? Uh, essentially, so you guys have lawyers... Uh -huh. um, a barrister is someone who represents a client at Crown Court. So we have our um, attorneys and stuff like that, and then you have barristers who are like, okay, okay. yeah. And so then like, like a trial lawyer. lawyer. Pretty much, yeah, like a trial lawyer. That's a good example. And and when you've been a barrister for a certain amount of time, you usually become a judge after okay. that. So it's like a kind of a stepping stone. You can be a barrister or a QC as it is, then uh, you, you're going to do pretty well for yourself. Um, and also, this is around about the time, ironically, that Thatcher made her deal with Satan. So that was <laughs> okay. a good coincidence. Um, so their early years were spent in the affluent suburb of Chelsea in London. Their mother was narrowly defeated in her bid to become the Conservative Party candidate in the 1955 Orpington by-election. So even in the mid-50s, she was gunning for power, which a woman trying to be elected in the 50s in the conservative party that was not fucking happening that well, just was not going to fly that's almost dare i say it crazy you know it, it <laughs> is kind of crazy and actually in because there's been this debate about thatcher's influence on feminism um it's kind of quite striking that there was right. a woman trying to become a, a member of parliament, although there were, she wouldn't have been the first, but like in the 50s, it was very interesting. Um, she was actually elected to parliament at the 1959 general election. So at that point, people knew her, they knew her policies, and they were like, okay, we're more comfortable getting on board with this now because she's a bit more seasoned. Um, and the children were age six at the time, featured in her first television interview. His sister observed, all my childhood memories of my mother were just some were just someone who was a superwoman before the phrase had even been invented. Just FYI, Carol, Superwoman made her first appearance in DC Comics in 1943. Boom. So, yeah, take that, you <laughs> stupid idiot. Um, she was always flat out. She never relaxed. Household chores were done at breakneck speed in order to get back to the parliamentary correspondence or get back on to making up a speech. And if you <laughs> ever hear Carol Thatcher, that is exactly how she sounds. Nice. Um, I, I take it. I take a bow for that impression. <laughs> Mark was sent to uh, boarding school at Belmont School at the age of eight. So he got shipped off like Archer in the fucking Archer TV series. Uh, <laughs> and then to Harrow, which is like, so Harrow is kind of like the second most famous 
posh ass school in the country behind Eaton. So you got okay. Eaton, Harrow, and then there's like a bunch of other random ones. Um, he left Harrow in 1971, having passed just three O levels. Uh, so that's not good. O levels were the precursor to GCSEs. So you okay. took you took like ten or twelve, and he passed three of them. So good work, that's, Mark. That's a low percentage. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, it's just interesting. This might be the first podcast we've ever done where both of the the people involved are still alive and could potentially sue us. So um, Hell yeah. if, they, if they want to take the money that we make from this podcast, they're welcome to all zero dollars of it so far. Yeah. So. Yes, yeah, nobody wants to sue me. You can't you, you can't acquire debt. It's the only thing you can get from me. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Please take my student loan debts. I'd be, I'd happily pass those off to you. And can you imagine the lawsuit, History's Greatest Idiots versus Sean Moon and Mark Thatcher. Um <laughs> Mark went on to study accountancy, but failed his accountancy exams with Touche Ross on three separate occasions. So he was like, uh, maybe this shit ain't for me. Maybe I can't add. That's that's fine. I only got three levels anyway. So how the hell did I get to be an accountant? Um, having taken various short-term jobs, Thatcher moved to Hong Kong, where he built up a network of business connections, particularly in the Middle East and in motor racing. Um, his pitch was usually along the lines of, "Hello, I'm Mark Thatcher. My mummy's the leader of the Conservative Party. Give me things." Um, <laughs> <laughs> At this point, so Thatcher um, had become leader of the Conservative Party and they won the 1979 election. And by 1981, the year I was born, the country already hated her outside of the London clique of people yeah. who supported her in the home counties. And she would stay in power for the next 15 years. So, See, it's it's like situations like hers that make me mad because it's like somebody i want to celebrate and be happy about i have to hate because they suck yeah like she was a feminist and made great yeah. strides and did some good shit but she, she was, was also the first a female prick. prime minister of the uk and right. did as much as i hate to say this some of her policies were very forward thinking but the damage she did to communities in this country and the absolute just the way she treated people of minority uh people my, minorities and just ugh, thatcher's legacy to anyone who isn't a conservative is blacker than black it is horrible so um yeah mark thatcher is banking in on his mother's power even in the late 70s before she's even become prime minister she's just a very high rung politician at this point so he's making <laughs> connections through her Okay. Um, in 1977, Mark Thatcher set up Mark Thatcher Racing, original title, which um, almost immediately ran into financial difficulties. But this didn't deter him because by 1980, he'd uh, cranked things up by um, entering the 24-hour Le Mans race, which um, if you follow racing, that's one of the coolest little races because you have like, one team, two or three drivers, and you lit the race literally goes 24 hours. Right. Like, there are there's there's no end to the race until 24 hours have gone by and um it's incredibly it's a real endurance race it's really interesting but at the same time it's like he was part of a team there was money there and and really all he had to do was drive and not crash so you know he it, there were hundreds of teams part of this so good for you mark you've entered le mans um the first right. year he entered he drove uh an Osella PA8, whatever the fuck that is, alongside uh, Lella Lombardi, an Italian racing driver, returning in 1981 for a go in a Porsche 935. Very nice. Oh, nice. 
Yes. His <laughs> foray into Le Mans prompted, aside from the Falklands War, one of the biggest news stories of 1982 that an episode in the fourth season of The Crown is devoted to. So if you watch The Crown, there's a whole episode where they're like, let's watch Mark Thatcher fuck up his life. Is that um, the new season? Because yes, I haven't started it yet. With Gillian Anderson as okay. Margaret Thatcher. An amazing performance, I have to say. She was spot on as Thatcher at that point in her life. My God. Um, there was uh, it was there that one of the sponsors happened to mention that they were running three Peugeots uh, in the Dakar, the Paris to Dakar rally. And uh, would he like to do it? Mark answered in the affirmative and promptly forgot everything that he just said. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, but I can relate to that. He's like, yeah, I'll do it, sure. But um, I mean, like, I forget stuff all the time. Everybody does. But this is Paris to Dakar. This is the... How can I put this? Um, it's the most dangerous race in the world. There we go. Right? It's that that's, simple. That's the twisty, turny, usually raining. Usually raining, gnarly. going through the desert. Um, yeah. hundreds of miles off-road, fucking crazy weather conditions, you just keep driving. It's like, um, what were those stupid films with Burt Reynolds when, like, in the late 70s, early 80s? Oh, Cannonball Run? Cannonball Runs. It's the Cannonball Run through the fucking desert, basically. <laughs> um, so, with days to spare, he officially entered the notoriously difficult pa Paris to Dakar rally in 1982. This is where his life goes from an just another spoiled rich kid fucking everything up to actually kind of interesting. Okay. On the 9th of January, 1982, Thatcher, his French driver, and Charlotte Vernet and their mechanic went missing for six days in the Sahara Desert whilst mm -hmm. driving a, Porsche, uh, a Peugeot 504 in the Paris to Dakar rally. They were declared missing on the 12th of January, and his father, um, Dennis Thatcher, who like, there's a lot of history around Dennis, Dennis Thatcher. He was kind of notoriously quite nice to people because he was very like, look, she's she's the business over there. I'm just the, I'm just a pretty face, you know, <laughs> and um, he had, like there's a famous story of when because um, Jamie Lee Curtis is married to Christopher Guest from okay. Spinal Tap and all of that lot. Um, and Christopher Guest is actually English and his father was an honorary peer and uh, his father passed on and Christopher Guest had to go to the House of, Par House of Parliament. They had a whole ceremony where he accepted the, the peerage because his father had passed on and he got to inherit. So Christopher Guest is now Sir Christopher Guest sort of thing. He's oh. a knight of the realm. Um, and of course, he was married to Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, there's this whole long ceremony and all that. And they had a reception out on the lawn and Jamie Lee Curtis has been sat in this fucking thing for two hours and she's desperate for a piss. And she comes <laughs> outside and uh, she just, she kind of runs over to the nearest old man she can find and she goes, hey buddy, where's the fucking ladies? I need to go and I need, I'm going to piss myself. Where's the ladies? And he's like, oh, love, if you, if you just go down there, it's like the fourth door on the left. And she came back and her husband looked really freaked out and uh she was like well what the hell's the matter i just went to the bathroom it's like no that was dennis thatcher that you just fucking asked for directions to the toilet that's the <laughs> prime minister's husband and she was like oh i just told him i was gonna piss myself i'm really sorry darling uh, <laughs> so that's jamie lee curtis um so dennis thatcher was a really nice guy but also as well as being a wealthy barrister because he owned a very wealthy practice um he was a decorated world war ii veteran who'd won an mbe for his part in the allied invasion of sicily and italy so he was a decorated soldier so he flew out to dakar where a large-scale search was launched including four algerian planes 
including a helicopter from uh, the Algerian military, plus three French aircraft, a diverted RAF Hercules, and over a thousand Algerian ground troops. Wow, that is a <laughs> lot of resources. That is a fuck. His mother must have racked up some fucking massive debts with Dude. these foreign governments to get that. Like France, Algeria, she'll be paying them off for the rest of her presidents uh, for her term in office because uh. of her fucking son's jollies around in the desert. Um, on the 14th of January, the Algerian military spotted Thatcher's party 50 kilometers, 31 miles off course. Whoops. This caused international embarrassment to his mother. Thatcher was reportedly unaffected by the ordeal, saying that all he needed was a beer and a sandwich and a bath and a shave. You little shit. Um, <laughs> wow. Dude. You just, your fucking mother is... This is like... <laughs> She's the prime minister and she's fucking worried about her son out off in the desert and she's mobilized half of Africa and Europe to fucking find you. That's and yeah. It's no big deal though. I was just over yeah. here. I just need a shave. I'll be I forgot fine. where he said to go, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Thatcher was reunited with his father and flown back to the UK in the Algerian presidential jet. Jesus Christ. Wow. Uh, she called in all the favors. Um, a celebration dinner to mark 28-year-old Thatcher's safe return was thrown and reportedly racked up an astronomical £11,500 bill, which it's 1982, so I did some uh, inflation calculations. Uh, today's money, that would be £42,625.96 or $56,873. So they that party's worth more than me for a year's worth of work. I know. It's horrible. <laughs> and the worst part is they didn't even fucking pay it. They fled. So the uh, foreign office were contacted by the restaurant, and the prime minister was forced to cover the bill from her own pockets. You little wow. shit. Wow. Imagine Holy the trouble he's in. Oh, my man. God. She's going to take the belt to that kid. Yeah. And she's like <laughs> five foot one. She's fucking tiny. Um, yeah, that was what a little shit. Um, so before competing, Mark Thatcher said, I've no, I've no raced in Le Mans and other th and other things. This rally is no problem. I love that he said and other things. If you can't name the fucking races you've been involved in, you might not be qualified to drive through the fucking <laughs> desert. I drove in Le Mans, and then over at the mini putt putt, they had these golf yeah, carts. I, I was in a go kart once, and it was jolly good fun. Holy shit! Um, in 2004, Thatcher wrote about his experience uh, in a biography, claiming, "I did absolutely no preparation, nothing." Again, it's the fucking desert, man. You could have at least bought a bottle of Evian or something. You know, just <laughs> just anything. Take a bottle of sunscreen, maybe a little bit of prep. Um, we must have hit something. We stopped. The others stopped too, took note of where we were, and went on. But the silly bastards, instead of telling everyone we were 25 miles east when they finished the section, they told them we were 25 miles west. Yeah, Mark, it's their fault. That's, uh, <laughs> it's their fault you fucked up and got lost. Um, yeah. so, and also, they, 25 miles um, east. He actually ended up going another six miles off course from there. So oh. it was like, we'll just carry on going for a bit. Fuck it. And it couldn't have to do with this. I did no, no preparation whatsoever. It, it was totally those guys' fault for not telling them where you were. 
Exactly. Yeah. I, I wish they'd just done what they were supposed to do. Um, I think your audio is cutting out a little bit, buddy. It might be my headphones, but uh, you got a, you okay? Yeah, I think so. Sure. I'm good. Uh, it's a bit crackly, but that's fine. Um, so uh, th this is his, the rest of his quote. So the boss, the prime minister, he calls his mother the boss, by the way. That's really fucking weird. Um, <laughs> doesn't does entirely the right thing. Picks up the phone to the ambassador in Algiers and says, can you find out what's going on? The ambassador rings the perfect, the prefect of the region, who says there are three or four people missing, and that I'm one of them. Mummy did the right thing, telling the foreign government to find her idiot son. Of course she did. Yes, Mark, <laughs> she did the right thing. Um, now it's time to move on to Mark Thatcher's business career. Business career. Good times. Um, good times. During the mid to late 80s, concerns were frequently expressed about possible conflicts of interest between his business interests and his mother's political visits. She's jetting off somewhere, and all of a sudden her son's getting a shitload of money from his businesses in the area. That's kind of suspicious right there. Connected at all. Yeah, yeah, it was just coincidence though. Um, in 1984, his mother's face question his mother faced questions in the House of Commons about his involvement in representing a bid of cementation, a British company and a subsidiary of Trafalgar House to build a university in Oman at a time when the Prime Minister was urging Omanis to buy British. Nothing suspicious about that, just, just a big coincidence, <laughs> really. Um, he has he reportedly, uh, repeatedly denied claims that in 1985 he received millions of pounds in commission in relation to the £45 billion Al Yamar arms deal, a controversial arms sale by British Aerospace to Saudi Arabia. Let me stress oh, that man. again £45 billion in 1985. That's a fuck ton. That's. That's yeah. That the, with inflation, that does actually translate to a literal fuck ton of money. Um, <laughs> however, Mark Thatcher has not denied that a house in Belgravia, London, which is like that is a very exclusive part of London, was purchased for him for one million pounds in 1987. So that's again, that's like that's like eight million in today's money by an offshore company controlled by Wafik Saeed. Um, a middleman in the deal. So there's an offshore company buying you a house in the most expensive part of London. Nothing dodgy there about that <laughs> at all. Uh, in 1986, his mother again faced questions in the House of Commons, this time over her son's relationship with the Sultan, the Sultan of Brunei. Now, let me tell you something about the Sultan of Brunei. One of the richest people in the world, been in power for 50, 60 years, something like that. He is a fucking horrible human being. Um, he most recent noteworthy thing is spearheaded legislation that would introduce the death penalty for homosexuality and adultery by stoning effective wow. as of 20 yeah that's april 2019 he introduced that legislation stoning people to death in the 21st century ladies and gentlemen uh wow. for being gay and uh you know having a bit on the side um, Sir Bernard Ingram, the Prime Minister's press secretary, suggested that Mark could best help the government's chances of winning uh, re-election in the 1987 general election by leaving the country. Um, <laughs> like, we're trying to run a re-election. Can you just fuck off for a few weeks, please? Wow, I'll go to Dakar. No, don't. Don't, please, <laughs> for the love of God. He's, he's black sheep. He's Farley and black sheep. I'm running yeah. for something. Go off over there. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like, please, just leave. We don't want any connection to you for a while. Um, Margaret Thatcher's biographer, David Canadine, stated that Mark Thatcher traded shamelessly on his mother's name. Yeah, we kind of assumed that was the case. And that he continued to attract controversy and investigation from the tax authorities, much to his mother's embarrassment. Well, yeah. You know, she's the fucking leader of the UK and one of the most powerful people in the world. You think that she's going to be absolutely fine with her, her son walking around going, I'm Mark Thatcher. Can I have some more money, please? Uh, can you <laughs> buy me a house in Belgravia? I don't, I don't feel like buying one myself. Um, okay. Alan Clark mentions the Mark problem in his published bi uh, diaries. Mark, uh, I'm not sure who Alan Clark is, but the fact that it was known as the Mark problem is yeah. Is, probably means that more than one person was involved in handling this bullshit um, in the United States <laughs> yeah um, in the United States he started Monteagle Marketing a profitable company that sold whiskey and clothing during this period he spent some time in Switzerland as a tax exile um, until he was forced to leave after the Swiss authorities began to question his residency qualifications. Mark Thatcher was too dodgy for Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> A security alarm business he ran in the United States failed, and in 1996, he was prosecuted for tax evasion, at which point he promptly fucked off and ran to South Africa with his wife and their two children. So, okay. I could stay and face the, the music, but uh, I've got a pressing engagement in South Africa, and you don't have any diplomatic ties with that country. Um, <laughs> and in 1998, South African authorities investigated a company owned by Thatcher for allegedly running loan shark operations. According to the star of Johannesburg, the company had offered official, uh, unofficial small loans to hundreds of police officials... Uh, military personnel and civil servants, and then pursued them with tax with debt collectors. What the fuck wow. are you doing, Mark? That seems like a horrible idea. That does not sound like a good uh, a good that's, move. To that's be honest, the wrong clientele for a loan shark. Yeah, if you're going to loan shark someone, maybe don't go after people who have got actual power. You know, that's, like, isn't that rule, the first rule of loan sharking? You go after the people that can't pay you and then you take everything from them. These people can fuck up your life. And, uh, yeah, he claimed that officers had defrauded him and the charges were dropped, which mm, I think that was his mother's. His mother's still around at this point. She's not in office anymore, but she's still got a lot of sway. So yeah. it was also suggested that he had uh, profited from contracts to supply. This is where he gets really interesting to supply aviation fuel in various African countries. This is where it gets really, really interesting. The okay. next major fuck-up of Mark Thatcher's life, even though we've had a number of minor ones to this point. Thatcher was arrested at his home in Constantia, Cape Town, South Africa, in August 2004, and was charged with contravening two sections of South Africa's Foreign Military Assistance Act, which bans South African residents from taking part in any foreign military action. The charge is related to the possible funding and logistical assistance in relation to an attempted coup in Equatorial Guinea, organised by Thatcher's friend, Simon Mann. He was released on two million rand bail. He funded a military coup. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's kind of a dick move. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, I think maybe uh, English people with money should just stay the fuck out of Africa at this point. Like we've, yeah. I say we, I'm not English. There has been enough damage done by um, European powers in Africa. And for this fucking idiot who has made money off the backs of various scams and dodgy schemes to fund a military coup in a foreign country that his buddy happens to have a bunch of mercenaries for, it's just, why can't you stop, Mark? What some, is wrong with you? Dr. Evil type shit. It really is. It's like <laughs> you can't you can't believe it. It's so fucking stupid. And I remember when this came on TV, and, and I was I would have been about I guess like seventeen, something like that. Um, oh no, no, it was, it was two thousand and four, so I would have been twenty three. So I was like, hang on, this is Margaret Thatcher's son, right? And didn't he get fucking lost in the desert once? And that, that, that's all I associated with. <laughs> It's like that's all you're known for. Now you're involved in a military coup. Um, on the 24th of November 2004, the Cape Town Cape Town High Court upheld a subpoena from the South African Justice Ministry that required him to answer under oath questions from the Equatorial Guinean um, authorities regarding the alleged coup attempt. He was due to face questioning on the 25th of November 2004 regarding offences under the South African Foreign Military Assistance Act. These proceedings were later postponed. Ultimately, following a process of plea bargaining, Thatcher pleaded guilty in January 2005 to breaking anti-mercenary legislation in South Africa by investing in an aircraft without pro uh, taking proper investigation into what it would be used for. I didn't know anything. I just gave them a lot of money and some planes. Um, <laughs> I love that defense. Come I on. No, you couldn't do that. Yeah, it's just that they had, all, they had these guns, and I just thought they were going to a wedding involving guns and crowds. What was I supposed <laughs> to know about it? <laughs> That's what it was. Uh, yeah, he he didn't he didn't ask any questions. Of course, you die, fucking he's no, he, nobody is that stupid who has yeah. that much money. I'm sorry. Um, admitting in court that he had paid the money, but said he was under the impression um, it was to be invested in an air ambulance service to help impoverished Africans. Fucking bullshit. Mm. I'm sorry, but there is no way. Why? He saw the guns. How oh, do yeah, you think right. they were doing? <laughs> I'll I'll heal you with these bullets. Uh, the judge rejected his explanation, thank Christ. And Thatcher was fined three million rand. Now, before everyone goes, ooh, three million. That's actually about one hundred eighty-five thousand US dollars, which is pathetic. That's like for fun. I'm pretty certain I can pay that off eventually. You know, never mind Mark Thatcher. People uh -huh. are buying in fucking houses in Belgravia, um, and he received a four-year suspended prison sentence. Oh, yeah, you know, you help a military coup that could have killed tens of thousands, possibly hundreds of thousands of people. Suspended sentence. Yeah. Man, they tried to put me in jail for walking across the street. I know. Fucking insane. Jane walked in lock me up. This guy, it's, it's, it's a suspended sentence for a coup. Yeah, for a military coup, which <laughs> didn't happen, thank Christ. But Jesus, that is unbelievable. An advisor to Equatorial Guinea's President uh, Teodora Obiang Naguma uh, Mabasako Mabasoga, sorry if I've, I've butchered that, told the BBC's Focus on Africa television program that we are confident that justice has been done and did not indicate that the country would seek Thatcher's extradition. At, at this point, 
you know, we talked about Sean Moon dodging bullets. <laughs> this fucker is dodging nukes at this point. Like, insurrection, yeah. attempted insurrection is one thing. This guy tried to overthrow a government by funding that shit. You know? Right. That's um, just unbelievable. During his trial in Equatorial Guinea in June 2008, Simon Mann said that Thatcher was not just an investor. He came completely on board and became part of the management team of the coup plot. Wouldn't that be a general? I know, essentially. Yeah, no, apparently no management team. He's the junior vice president of Team Coup. So, yeah. <laughs> management team. Who the fuck are these people? Uh... Jesus Christ. Thatcher moved to Dallas, Texas in the Oh, we're going on to his personal life now. I should point this out. Um, that, uh, Thatcher moved to Dallas, Texas in the mid-1980s where he met his first wife, Diana Bergdorf, later wife of James Beckett, whoever the fuck that is, in 1987. In 1992, he became the Honourable Mark Thatcher when his mother was made a life peer. So, mummy got something, therefore I do. In 1996, he moved to South Africa following the financial scandals in the United States so that he couldn't be extradited. In 2003, he became the Honourable Sir Mark Thatcher when he succeeded to her uh, hereditary Thatcher baronessy um, that was awarded to his father in 1990 because his dad passed away. Um, he and his wife announced their intention to divorce in September 2005 after 18 years of marriage. His wife moved back to the United States with their children the same year that he pleaded guilty in relation to an attempted coup in Equatorial Guinea and questions were being asked in the UK about whether he should be stripped of his title. Yeah, but he's rich. So, of course, he's not going to lose his fucking title. Jesus Christ. But his wife, um, left follow his wife left him and moved to a country that he's still wanted in. So... That means yeah, she doesn't like kind of, your ass. Yeah, that's kind of a big middle <laughs> finger to you right there, Mark Thatcher. Uh, following his guilty plea and his divorce, he left South Africa in 2005 for, a, a, for Monaco on a one-year temporary residency permit while his wife and children returned to the United States. Thatcher was unable to get a US visa due to his South African conviction and remains barred from entering the United States. Thank God you guys aren't letting this fucking idiot in. <laughs> Jesus, you do not need this man in your country anymore. He is dodgy uh, as fuck. His Monaco fund any churches. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he can't give money to any bullet worshipping churches. That's that's a really good thing. Um, oh God, if they had let him back in, he genuinely would have been. He'd have really funded January the sixth. He could have. Holy shit! <laughs> he'd have made them wear red coats and everything. <laughs> fucking hell! Well, that would have been fucking hilarious, though. <laughs> holy shit this is a real like kind of comedy meeting of universes going on potentially in this moment um <laughs> his monaco residency was not renewed and ha uh, he was said to be on a list of undesirables who would not be allowed further residency and was required to leave by mid 2006 he was refused residency in Switzerland and settled in Gibraltar. Fucking hell, this guy is going to every dodgy place wow. he can get his hands on. Yeah, a rock in the middle of the Mediterranean. <laughs> He'll be safe there. Uh, where he married his second wife, Sarah Jane Russell, in March 2008. Russ, uh, this is where it gets fucking... Ugh. Russell is the daughter of Terence J. Clements, a property developer, and sister to Claudia, Viscount Rothermere. Uh, she was formerly married to Lord Francis Hastings Russell, 
the younger sister of John Russell, 13th Duke of Bedford. So it's more like fucking European aristocracy inbreeding going on here. It's just uh, fucking okay. gross. Yeah, more cousins with six fingers. It's just, yeah. Um, he was in Barbados when he received the news of his mother's death. He returned to the UK to act as chief mourner at his mother's funeral, which took place at St. Paul's Cathedral, London, on the 17th of April, 2013. Thankfully, he took a cab from the airport, so he didn't get lost. In April... <laughs> In April 2016, Thatcher was named in the Panama Papers scandal. He uh, he has ownership of a house in Barbados as the beneficiary of a trust. So another fucking shell corporation bought him a house in Barbados. And Damn. guess who was named in the papers alongside our old friend, uh, our old friend and fellow exile, VJ Malia. Hooray! The king oh, of hey. good times. Yay! <laughs> Idiots Club unite. Um, however, details of his historic. This is where it gets. This is this is the final part of the story. This is where it gets really fucking dodgy as hell. The details of the historic documents relating to Thatcher and his dealings in Oman. Do you remember when he got like millions of pounds and he was trying to build a university, and his mum was saying, "Oh, you should Omani people. You should buy British stuff." Um, None of the details of that were released, and uh, they were expected to be released under the 30-year rule, but were repressed by the British government. The Guardian newspaper noted that the decision to keep the details private was made by John Whitingale, a former political secretary to Margaret Thatcher. Hooray! <laughs> Three years after she died, she's still protecting her son. What the fuck? Um... And thus ends the current tale of Mark Thatcher, a man who is now probably hiding on a beach somewhere in the med in, in fucking Barbados so that he can't get involved in anything else dodgy because at this point there's nowhere left for him to go. Like Gibraltar, Barbados, like they're pretty much the only two countries that will have him See, at this point. It trips me out that, that, that bad people get exiled to tropical freaking awesome <laughs> Like, what the hell? Let's send or Antarctica. Or... Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, and, you know, Texas. normal people get exiled to prison. They oh, yeah. go to prison where, where, you know, he would be serving under Her Majesty's pleasure. And believe me, with the way uh, the Queen felt about Thatcher, it really would be her pleasure to, to, put, <laughs> um, Mark, to put Thatcher up. I don't know how this guy stayed out of prison. I don't know how he's still alive. Never mind, stayed yeah. out of prison because not only did he get lost in the desert because he, who doesn't plan for going for a jolly in the fucking desert, but also <laughs> he funded a coup and ended up being on trial in the country where he was trying to overthrow the government. I don't know how he's not dead. I really right. don't. Well, uh, yeah. Dude. So that's Mark Thatcher. What do you make of the story of the most famous son? of Britain's, probably Britain's second most famous Prime Minister after Winston Churchill, I would say. Uh, yeah, he's a kind of crazy. Classic idiot, total fucked up. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm trying to think. Barbados is over there in the Caribbean, right? That yeah, it? that's right, yeah. Yeah, so now the next idiot to join VJ Malachi and Mark Thatcher should be the orange man, I hope. Yes. And yes. send his ass to Barbados, then we can say, there he's you just... go. Oh, there's your island. Um, yeah, just, <laughs> I feel sorry for the people, the, the the lovely people of Barbados, because they have to put up with Mark Thatcher. 
fucking VJ Nalia <laughs> and people like that just hanging out there. It's like, God, what have we deserve we done to deserve this guy? He might overthrow the fucking government. Yeah, we, we know. We missed the slogan where it says Barbados, send us your assholes. Send us your pricks. <laughs> you know. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, you know, he he didn't get anybody killed, although no, he could he have. <laughs> Nearly. Nearly. And God knows what's happened to Simon Mann. I didn't follow that track of his best mate who was leading the coup. But yeah, I, I imagine he's probably in prison in Equatorial Guinea getting beaten on the daily at this point. Well, probably, if he's still around. If he's still you know, around, exactly. Accident. Yes, he might have fallen <laughs> down the stairs a few hundred times. Yeah. Um, I would think because of being handed the golden ticket and then just screwing the pooch anyway, um, I'm going to rate him like an 85. Only because he didn't so... get anybody killed. <laughs> really, it, yeah, it is a miracle that nobody died at the hands of Mark Thatcher. Um, it, it's, I mean, we get this a lot. And we, we hear this story time and time again. Famous people, people who have achieved stuff in life, people who have, through whatever means it is, whether it's through talent or perseverance or coincidence or accident or whatever it is, people who make it big in life and they push their kids, it usually goes one of two ways. They either become complete and utter fuck-ups, like Mark Thatcher, who is wealthy, by the way, so don't feel too bad for him, <laughs> or they become incredibly like they surpass their parents you know real where nepotism works and and let's not pretend it doesn't exist because you know there are circumstances of nepotism actually working so that's fine but the problem is is that for every um i'm trying to think of a successful for every charlotte flair rick flair's daughter who is an incredible talent not, uh, I'm a wrestling fan. That's who I, my mind went to. <laughs> okay. uh, or, or let's say the sons of Genghis Khan, who expanded his empire even further than their father could have imagined. For every Obadiah um, Khan, whatever it is, there's like a million Mark Thatchers. Oh, there yeah. are there are incalculable spoiled brats who are happen to be the spawn of a successful business person or uh, sportsman or whatever it is, and they just. They, they litter the world with their mediocrity and failure. Yeah, it, feels, it feels like a lot of the time it's just uh, the parents that didn't pay enough attention while they were being successful and making that money that left them with the nanny that uh, yeah. end up... It's, it's, we, I think they've never... A lot of it's down to struggle. Like These people have never had to struggle for anything. You know? Right. I, I, character building. You know, there, there are people who have, you know been born into wealth and done well for themselves and that's that's not saying that struggle makes greatness but if you are born into wealth you have to know some sort of grounding and the people that have done quite well I, actually a good example of that is stella mccartney who yes has been handed the world by her father to a certain extent but she has a number of very successful fashion lines and has designed some incredible clothing over the years and a lot of that is because her dad did make sure she had some grounding in life and she wasn't just handed the world on a plate but yeah i, I think the struggle makes people appreciate their success and kind of really relish it more in, in a healthy way whereas when you are born to luxury and anyone who has watched or is watching succession will know this it makes you a bit of a monster from the start. 
and it can really fuck you up and it will make you lazy and complacent. And that is Mark Thatcher in a fucking nutshell right there. Just <laughs> useless. It's so many things. Uh, but yeah, uh, thank you for that. I will take 85 for Mark Thatcher. He is a fascinating case. I had a few people I could have chosen. I was thinking of going for a former US president uh, from the 60s. Okay. Kind of gives away who it might be um, <laughs> and a few others. But then I was like, oh, God. I just had this moment where it was like, Mark Thatcher, fucking hell. <laughs> How could I have forgotten about him? So, yeah, yeah and, and I'm sure I, I did a little teasing online where I put a picture of him alongside his mother. And uh, I'm sure there are plenty of people who were like, oh, he's going to fucking bury Margaret Thatcher. And believe me, I will, because <laughs> she is a monster. But um, <laughs> that that will come later. First, we'll, we'll go after her idiot son. Um, so there we go. Sean Moon, um, also a son of a successful person, even if it was a successful cult, who went on to kind of nullify the success of the cult and become a fringe vigilante lunatic with a large following of Trump-loving psychopaths. And yes. Mark Thatcher, who's just a quintessential idiot for, the, for all of time. Just a mwah, chef's kiss idiot <laughs> level. Stupidity. Um, I had a lot of fun doing this. I don't know because you were um, you were telling me that you were thinking about someone. What did? How did you find the process of researching Sean Moon? Um, I had wanted to cover him earlier. I I think I saw something on one of the cult videos that I watched on YouTube or Netflix or right. one of those great shows, and I wanted to do him before, but I was like, ah, he's not that bad. And for some reason, I wandered back on to looking about it yesterday, and I was like, oh. Sh- he was in the insurrections. Well, now I've got to do him. What's he been up to? <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's it's a gift, isn't it? You're like, oh, the universe is giving me a sign here. Thank yeah. you so much. Um, yeah. And when I was researching Mark Thatcher, I knew the two big headlines: getting lost in the fucking desert and launching a coup, you know, by accident or whatever. He <laughs> but like the other stuff about like dodging tax and like loan sharking officials. In South Africa and fucking dodge like getting kicked out of Switzerland. No one gets kicked out of Switzerland for Christ's sake. So it was just like, oh, this is just a peach of bullshit. It's amazing. <laughs> so thank you so much for to Sean Moon and uh, Mark Thatcher for being just so classic for what we we like to cover in this show. Uh, so that's our show for this week. Um, and just remember, if you are in a situation where you have come into a following and this can apply to both of them you've come into success as the result of a successful parent or or sibling and you find yourself going down a path where either your stupidity or your arrogance is leading you astray in a way that might lead to the deaths of tens of thousands of people uh maybe put on the brakes and ask someone am i doing the right thing here or am i just a fucking idiot um, because the answer is probably yes, you are a fucking idiot, Mark Thatcher slash Sean Moon. Jesus. Um, so, so that's our show uh, for this fortnight. We'll have the recording out in, I think, about a week or so. Uh, yeah. Derek, would you like to say goodbye, please? I just want to tell everybody to go visit our Patreon. Support us if you like it. <laughs> yes, I always forget the call to action. What am I doing? This is my job most of the time. <laughs> Please go to patreon.com slash history's greatest idiots 
Um, and also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram is uh, Instagram.com slash History's Greatest Idiots. And Twitter is um, at Greatest Idiots. Give us a follow. We keep those updated. Derek is super amazing at posting memes. I do love him. It's so cool. Um, and we will, uh, yes. So until next time, we will see you very soon. Take care now. Bye. Bye.